Hi everybody, my name's Mike Richard and I am the founder of Talk About It Mate. I'm pleased to uh, release, announce uh, episode 8 of the Talk About It Mate podcast where we sat down with um, another Mike, a very inspirational guy and um, we talked about managing a long-term condition uh, in this instance, a long-term physical health condition, um, MS, but also the links between you know physical health, mental health, and I think that this would be useful for anybody who's managing anything. Um, it really provides a really good insight into what people go through and, and also how we can give back in a specific way to specific groups that might cater for, for our needs. So I really hope you enjoy this podcast. Episode 8. Goodbye. Okay, hello everybody. Episode 8 of the Talk About It Mate podcast. Um, very excited. I am here today with Mike. Hello. Hello. And I'll introduce you to him properly in a minute. Um, it's a nice sunny day outside and this afternoon, starting at 4 o'clock, and it won't matter anyway because by the time this goes out, we'll have already done it. I'm going into Manchester to meet some people from the group, have a few drinks. Not all um, meetups involve having an alcoholic drink, just that a few of the regulars from the group suggested going out for a few, and uh, why not? Because I actually really enjoy spending time with a lot of the people I've met who were complete strangers, but because we have a shared interest in our mental health, we now have a nice community, which is great. So, um, yeah, we've got other events coming up, so just refer to our meetup page, um, including walks, like drinks, and probably coffee shop meetups will be coming up soon. Unfortunately, I can't dedicate all my time to doing meetups because I have my own commitments so that's why as a community I'm always looking for people to suggest new ideas and to run it, uh, meetups themselves as well as long as they message me and have an idea I usually say that's fine uh, and finally before we start um, I am I'm, I am a trainee counsellor so I will soon be offering my services to see people one-on-one uh, if you send me a message through any of our social media uh, you know I can get in touch with you, completely confidential, and I'm planning on meeting people in Manchester City Centre, somewhere quiet, uh, for a confidential session, and then we can discuss that in due course. So that's where we're at, and it's been a really productive few weeks for talk about it, mate, and very excited uh, because I've got another old friend here with me, uh, and he's looking amazing. May I Thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Mike, like why, why, why... I can't get any words out here. Why have I got you here today? Why do you think? Um, so um, we've we've spoken in the past about uh, mental health issues. Um, I know you've been quite a big supporter of mine when I've uh, been going through some challenging times. Um, I think that you invited me here because I might have a bit of a different perspective than some other people in terms of mental health problems um, because I am a person who is affected by multiple sclerosis. Um, that in itself is depression and mental health problems can be as a result of um, issues that my MS is causing me, but it also can actually be a direct result of my MS that depression could be brought on. Um, So I I think um, I can probably provide some some insight into how to manage those kind of things long term, um, because I have been doing 11 years I've had MS for. Um, It's been a it's been an interesting road. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah, and I'd love to hear about it because I, I don't think we've gone into it really. In the la- I've known you 
for quite a while since we were younger, but in only really only in the last couple of years through football. And uh, you, you, when you're at football, you don't really get the chance to speak to people about these these other kinds of issues. So, um, and I think it's transferable. Anyone who's managing anything long term, physical or mental uh, issue. You know, it's how you manage it and mm. listening to different people's stories. who They are experts in their own situation. Um, and that's the power of, I suppose, peer support. And you, I know you do that yourself. Mm. Um, yeah, just uh, before we kind of get going with it, I've, I've got a few figures here. It's not a quiz because normally I do a quiz. But <laughs> um, it's from the web- really good website called MQ, which is all about mental health. It's like a charity. But they seem quite modern and quite on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um but do you know, well, I mean, you might have seen it, but <laughs> having a serious mental you know, health issue uh, can reduce your life expectancy by about how many years? How many do you think? Um, I would go yeah. with between five and ten. Yeah, it's between ten and twenty. Wow. Which, uh, okay. you know, when you see the stats like that, I don't know about anybody else, but they really hit me. Mm. And I think just that, all that tells me is look after your mental health as much as you look after your physical health. Yeah. Because... We're starting to see that in the last six months, the the conversation has definitely changed. Mm. I think people, like when I say regular people, normal everyday people like me, are starting to you know it's starting to come up in conversation, isn't mm. it? Um, severe mental illness makes you something percent higher risk of cardiovascular disease. So I'm just looking for a percentage. Um, I'm gonna go with fifteen percent. See, I would have gone about 15, 20, 53%. Wow. And so the strain that that's putting, you know, on your heart, like, so there is a link between mm. um, mental and physical health. Sonia, who, who's a counsellor that I work with, she mentioned that. And I think it's just not been explored enough. You never really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, when you are having sort yeah. of, um, especially anxiety problems, you know, your heart rate yeah. goes, goes through the roof, doesn't it? And it's got to have some kind of impact on that whole system. Yeah, it's just... It just drives home these things, I think, for me. Like, mm. Because I'm spending more of my time, you know, looking into it. And the rest, are, they're not really um, numbers, but higher levels of mental distress, as I did read, can lead to cancer. Like, okay. and I'm not scaremongering, just, I just was surprised by that. And mm. depression uh, exa- exacerbates diabetes. Okay. And again, I didn't know that. I wonder yeah. whether there's yeah. any kind of link into people, you know, comfort eating, perhaps, in those kind of situations. Yeah. Could have, could be a contributing factor to those kind of things. But, yeah. yeah, I know about comfort eating, I did that a lot in my, mm-hmm. my 20s. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I, I'm not trying to be, you know, down and serious all the time. I just, if anything, highlight the facts and have the conversations that inspire and then then, again, I've said this time and time again, early intervention, peer support, there's like a domino effect. There's... I went to, I've been having some problems with my knees recently yeah. uh, as a result of doing some fundraising activities and yeah. I went to the physio and the physio gave me an, a very powerful yeah. quote which can directly apply to this. Yeah. So he said, um, loads of people come to the physio because they're having pains, those kind of things mm. and um, they'll, they'll repeatedly go to the physio yeah. with the same issue over and over again and they'll be told what to do the first time and then they won't do it and they'll go back. Yeah. And then he said, the physio said, do you, go, do you brush your teeth in between going to your dental appointments? And everyone says, well, yes, of course I do. 
And that's the same thing. Yeah. The same thing with the physio. If you, know, if you do the stretches, you don't need to continue yeah. going back to the physio for the appointments. Mm. And the same can probably be applied into these kind of situations. Is if, you're not applying, if you're not thinking yeah. about the strategies to yeah. help you overcome some of the challenges of your mental health, yeah. then you're going well, to put yourself in a worse position. And then I'm going to need to go and, and seek professional help or medication yeah. or, or those kind of things. Yeah, it's upkeep and it's what you can take away. So, you know, I, I've been to things with very inspirational people. And even, I say, I look back over my 20s. 20s when I was I look back and think oh what not the best time even though I did a lot of stuff mm. and you know I knew about the risks I knew about it I'm not, I'm not you know and I'm not trying to say to people you don't know anything that's not the point mm. but uh, it's it, I wasn't in a position to, to change it myself yeah. and then you know got it got really bad and then I started, I started to change and then for me one, just one thing at a time so I'd identified that weight was the contributing factor to a lot of other things and then I started just slowly to chip away at that and, and then it's led me to change is infectious for me. I want to change all these things in my life. And it is exhausting at times, I think. Mm. I wish I could just accept more that it's not going to be... But I, I, I try and... It's a fine line between accepting and driving myself forward. Yeah. Uh, I know it'll slow down a bit, but I, I don't think it's a bad thing as long as you take care of yourself to mm. be pushing yourself, you know? Yeah. And... Yeah, just getting started though, I think is really important. But um, you did mention before, and again, I don't really know anything about it, and that's mm. why I want to learn about it. Is uh, multiple sclerosis MS? Like what? Eleven years, you said. Eleven years, two thousand and eight. I was okay. diagnosed. Can you tell us a little about you know your diagnosis and your experience after that? Sure. Um, if you, if you don't. I'll, no, I've told yeah. this story many times, yeah. so no problem saying it again. Mm. Um, so it always. It started out quite strange, yeah. um, lots of kind of unusual losses of sensation, pain. Mm-hmm. Um, the most interesting one, um, which took me to the GP and got me the initial re- neurology re- yeah. referral. Um, so I'd be sat at my desk at yeah. work, um, typing away, yeah. and I noticed that if I looked down, mm-hmm. so just, just literally yeah. just looking down into my lap, uh, I, it was like all up and down my spine was, had like a shock going through it, like yeah. an electric shock. And if I held my, my chin to my chest, yeah. then it would buzz. And I lifted my chin back up again and it would go away. Yeah. And it wasn't painful, but it was just like, that doesn't feel normal. Yeah. And that shouldn't be happening. Red flag. Yeah. Um, went to the GP. They went, okay, well, that sounds bad. We should probably send you to, to neurology. Um, and I sat and waited for a couple of months, as the wonderful NHS does. Those referrals aren't immediate. Mm-hmm. And it was only when I started to have um, loss of vision. Yeah. When... Um, I was playing football, kicked the ball off for a cross, and as I watched the ball fly over the, over the 18-yard yeah. box, just it was like someone had flashed a camera right in my eyes, and it was a, just a white patch, couldn't see anything. Um, it, was, it was okay, it only lasted for a couple of minutes, I kind of sat down on the yeah. sideline and was feeling okay again, and so I rang the GP up to say, this has just happened. I went into the GP said, and this never happens, the GP says, come in now. Yeah. I went down to the GP, explained to them what had happened, and then the GP picked up the phone, rang through to the hospital, she put the phone down and said, right, don't go home, mm. don't go to your friend's house, go to Stepping Hill yeah. right now, and go and check into the neurology ward. And that was me then to go through being rushed into an MRI, and then got given the subsequent diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. So such a, like, traumatic event, really. yeah. you know, like, that. I didn't actually I, I didn't know any of that but uh so then things started to unravel 
things started to, to really yeah. kind of came from having a few instances of quite impactful problems yeah. happen in a short yeah. space of time. Um, they started to, to continue at that kind of pace, um, which was when mm. the neurology team decided that there are there are treatments available for multiple yeah. sclerosis. They have been for quite a while. Yeah. What I found interesting is I came through just at the end of there not being very many treatments available because mm. within 12 months of me receiving my first treatment, yeah. another one was available and then another and another and another. And I think there's, there's, I think there's about 15 available treatments for MS now based on the individual requirements uh, right. of what they're actually trying to target specifically in terms of how your condition's affecting you. Uh, and also um, depending on um, people's comfort yeah. in terms of how they, how they take those, those treatments. Yeah, and it's like young adults, is that like kind of it's, when it... It's considered to be a, yeah. a younger person, at least in a diagnosis yeah. level yeah. Um, area. I was diagnosed at 22. 22 um, yeah. The person who I've met who was the youngest was diagnosed at 15. Um, right. And we do hear about quite a lot of people that are diagnosed at that younger time. And in looking back retrospectively, yeah. I probably could have had an earlier diagnosis of it yeah. myself based yeah. on other things where you'd had something weird that had happened. You go to the GP, yeah. it's kind of recovered itself over the last, over a couple of days and you just kind of write it off, go, oh, that was strange. You yeah. just kind of get on with your life again. But looking back, you think about these problems mm. and you go, yeah, I had that again since. And the, my neurology team said that that was a problem with mm. my, with, that was MS related. So. Yeah, it's, it's funny when you look back, isn't it? You think, oh, mm. like these were signs. Like for me, like, okay, not a physical condition, but with ADD, which is I'm still finding out about, there's things that have happened in my past and reactions and situations and I punish myself very badly for the way I, I behaved in those situations and, and I said I'm not at all making excuses for mm. but I can see why they happened mm. you, know, you know and it's like you can't you don't always have the same reaction to other people yeah. physically or mentally if you've got some kind of long term condition uh, that prevents you from doing that but uh, yeah thanks for telling us about that so it must have been a lot to get your head around at the beginning it was in some ways it was quite a relief yeah. um, because from you going in and speaking to GPs about things and they're basically looking blank back at you um, to get an explanation yeah. um, was, was definitely something and the fact that there were treatments that were available yeah. for it um, I think that, that kind of stopped any of the immediate panic right and what like kind of treatments did you what yeah. Um, so I've been, I am, I've currently just finished my fourth different treatment right. because some of them haven't necessarily been as effective okay. as others. Uh, some of them have given, um, additional side effects. Um, first one I got was a, an injection every day that I had to take. Um, that was quite literally a pain in the bum. Um, <laughs> that is where I'm going to put the bum. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, then moved on to um, having to go in as an inpatient or sorry, an outpatient into yeah. the hospital once a month to, to go on a drip and receive a, a treatment through as an infusion. Um, followed that up with um, a tablet that I was mm -hmm. taking once a day. Uh, did that for about 18 months. And then most recently I've been going through doing, um, it's a low dose chemotherapy, mm -hmm. which is specifically targets the white blood cells, yeah. which are attacking my internal um, central nervous system. Yeah. Um, and that's administered over the course of um, individual doses, yeah. but you do them 
over the course of a month, one year, and then following on the year after. So I've, I've just finished that a week ago. So I'm hoping that I'm gonna have some stability and not having to think about any treatments for another couple of years. So you, it strikes me you're in a good place right now. Mm, yeah. Because obviously I've seen you come along at Man B Fat Football, lost a lot of weight. Yeah. And that's usually a good sign, isn't mm-hmm. it, for people? Uh, did it affect weight gain or anything like that in the in the beginning or? No. Um, I wouldn't say that any of them have had any direct impact to weight. Yeah. Some of them are supposed to make you lose weight, which is probably something that I needed because um, it's something that I've always had a struggle with in, yeah. in terms of weight management. Yeah. Um, it's been a challenge because sometimes it can increase my fatigue. Yes. Um, so ultimately to go out and do the exercise and, and to continue to play football mm. can be quite a challenge on that front. Um, but I think yeah. I've, been, I've been consistent and been able to kind of keep that up. And by now, 11 years, I suppose you know what's best for yourself. You know your body. Mm-hmm. How do you, do you, you, so you get plenty of rest? You look after yourself physically? Try to, as yeah. much as, as, much as a, a young person can. Yeah, and I think, and my impression of you when I knew you at college, you know, you were life and soul to party. Mm. A, a little bit like myself, to be honest, yeah. but like I was deeply insecure, but like I never found that in you. And we always kind of gravitated, didn't we, on mm-hmm. nights out. But um, then you, know, you fall out of touch, don't you, after college and uni and stuff like that. Yeah. But So for someone who, on the outside, is quite confident, quite funny guy, how did it affect you? The whole experience how did it affect your mental health like did it did it do you have an immediate dip did you or did you like you say you felt like you were getting i have a terrible tendency yeah. um to absolutely just not deal with problems and just just put it to the back of your mind and just not even yeah. think of pay any attention to it whatsoever yeah. which is why i think um when i reached out to yeah. you recently yeah. about me kind of mental health problems coming to the forefront yeah. It was a result of that, yeah. And the fact that I'd never really kind of addressed it properly, I'd never really spoken to anybody about any yeah. of these concerns before, and it's over time where these these thoughts are starting to accumulate yeah. that the events start to. For me, the reason why I kind of got started coming down this road and started thinking more about mental health mm. was to do. I think it was a, a collaboration of a degradation of my fatigue levels. Um, and me being able to see um, a, a lower amount of my own capability, yeah. which meant that in my head, I'm thinking, well, I'm getting worse. I'm not, I'm not able to do as much as I, I had been able to mm-hmm. in a short term. And then it's, you start going into these negative thought cycles. It's like, well, oh, well you know, what, what does it matter? Who, who, am, I trying to, who am I trying to appease in, yeah. in continuing? Is it worth it? You know, what, it, it I'm in pain. Does that mean that I'm gonna? Is this pain gonna get worse? Is it ever gonna get any better? You know, and then you start getting into you know, getting some some really bad negative thoughts. Yeah, well, it it, it seems like it's put a real strain on you, and mm. like anyone who's got any kind of mental issue can understand that and that ruminating, overthinking, mm-hmm. and that's when the negative thinking patterns come in, which is something I did in in the workshops. But um, yeah, so you've kind of talked about that and how you've managed it, and what at what point did you? seek support say from what I would call a peer support network from mm. others that had the same problem um, I was not very well um, it was probably this time last year yeah. it was middle of summer mm-hmm. I don't react very well to heat and humidity at all um, we live in a new build house yeah. which is very well insulated which means it's practically an oven in there um, 
and with the fatigue from the treatment um, and the heat, which doesn't really put you in a good yeah. place either, I was having some some very negative thoughts, um, you know, self harm thoughts, um, you know, suicidal yeah. thoughts, yeah. and I knew. Well, it's, yeah. I couldn't really find a way to get out of that mentally myself. Um, so I, I reached out to you. Yeah. I did the right thing and went to my GP. Um, I was able to, to to receive some medication, which kind of it worked for me and I don't know whether it was just me being able to see a change in circumstance yeah. and the fact that you were, you're taking the medication coming through I'm, I'm happy in that I'm not taking that medication anymore yeah. um, because I didn't feel I felt that it was more of a, a stepping stone to get back to back to the norm yeah. again um, and I didn't I didn't like relying on it I, was, I felt like that I didn't have a problem with taking antidepressants, mm. um, but the problem that I had was when I forgot to take the antidepressants, because yes. you know you get into a good you get into a good place, yeah. and you got, you're not thinking about you know the negative thoughts of uh, starting to subside, and then you get up in the morning, you're supposed to take your, your your tablet, you forget, and then you know you go about your day, and then the following day comes around, and it's just not in your mind, you've forgotten again, and then suddenly palpitations are going through the roof. Um, and that was why I decided that I wanted to step away from the medication yeah. road because I didn't like relying on it. Yeah, I, I can completely. I know people say it, don't say it. I know how you feel, mm. but I, I was on antidepressants probably three or four times mm. over between eighteen and thirty-one, something like that. And say I do the six months or I do the whatever, and I'd get off them again because I, I felt quite lethargic mm. for me. But now I'm on the opposite side of the scale. I'm on there. Um, what for this ADD is is essentially like Ritalin. Mm. So that's a stimulant. Yeah. But at the same time, I still sometimes forget to take them. Mm. And it's like, I now I've got like a pill box, I've got reminders on my phone. Yeah. And I never thought I'd be like that. Mm. Like, I, it's not, I don't know, I'm, I'm getting better in many, many ways, but sometimes I forget. Mm. But like, I, I don't know, I, I can survive without it, I think, but I think it's only going to make me more stimulant, like a, a stimulant in a good way. Yeah. But I'm not saying that, saying to people and we're, di- we're you're diagnosed with anything or whatever mm. take this pill it's gonna that's oh, not no. and it, I think each person knows themselves best and what you've just said is you your experience is very valid mm. for you yeah and yeah when I saw you and you opened up um, it's almost like it was a relief mm. like and I've seen that with a few people half a dozen guys who on the outward guys like you know, good jobs, good relationships, mm. like not got to the extent where I, I had like full breakdown, you know, like, you yeah. know, and you know, guys I'd really look up to and then come to me and as soon as, as soon as it opens up, you can see that there's a little bit of a lift in their voice and the way they speak and, mm. and I think that's it. As soon as you've like done that little bit, mm. it can, because it's all self-awareness. I, I look at it like a dirty window yeah. and you just, cleaned a bit of the window and you can start to see a bit more yeah and like you and you'll never ever completely clean the window no no but the more you can do it's great and i think the fact that you give back in your own way to the people in your community with mm. ms i think is great so you know what since you joined this what's it called ms society or yeah the ms society yeah. is the i probably do the most amount of work yeah. with um but i do volunteer with other ms charities as well because they're all they all have their own individual roles yeah and they're all they kind of work quite well um as, as a supplement to each other do they provide like specific uh talk therapy or counseling for people or all like groups 
so the, with the MS Society, um, it's kind of set up into into two main areas. You have the National Centre, yeah. which is where what you'll see, um, you know, the adverts um, that are going around where they'll be doing uh, lobbying to local government. Yeah. Um, they'll be going through research campaigns and, and, and speaking with mm-hmm. the professionals. Yeah. Whereas um, they also have a volunteer network, which is set up in individual groups or yeah. around the country, uh, at least uh, the UK MS Society yeah. is. Um, so I volunteer in the Stockport South Manchester group yeah. um, and yes, um, counselling uh, referrals yeah. that are funded by the fundraising activities that we do mm. um, they are provided to people that are affected by MS in terms of a, a referral that's come through from, yeah. from professionals to be able to do that. And I think people do worry about if getting to see ca- counselling. I think if you're considering counselling, first of all, brilliant because yeah. I think it can benefit absolutely anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, obviously if you're waiting to go through the NHS, there is going to be a wait. So is there something you could do in the meantime? Could you go to a free group? Could you get some peer support? Could you speak to a friend? It, sometimes it, it has to be someone who's maybe not always in your core group, not mm-hmm. always in your family. Or can you get something specific in that, you know, is it Anxiety UK? Is yeah. it? Or, for example, I got some, I chatted to someone from, I'm, it's widely known I'm thinking of leaving teaching. Mm. I've been trying to do it for two years. Yeah. But, you know, you can't just step away from a job no. that you've trained, highly trained for and you're very good at. Um, even though it's better for your mental health in the long run to move away from it because you've got to pay the bills mm. so I, ran, I found this teacher education kind of like a charity organisation called them up a couple of weeks ago and I've spoke, spoken to a few people on the phone for free and it just helped me to get some things off my chest you know and that was brilliant but at the end of the day if you're in a union or you pay your contributions or you're in a certain career or anything through the workplace take advantage of it yeah. because that's what it's there for and it's the amount of people who don't really surprises me but I think what is going to happen now is you will see more mental health champions in the workplace mm. I know Chris was on you know Chris yeah. Yeah, was on the podcast number two he'll be really good because he'll use his experiences and you know anyone who's been through something felt something and is open mm. can can help to be a workplace champion yeah, I mean, we've got that initiative at yeah. our work um, where what they've done is they've made, um, they've got little plastic flagpoles with green flags on them. Yeah. That you have, We have those on our desks as a, as a kind of a, a, an unspoken acknowledgement that if you have mental health concerns, yeah. this is someone, a friendly face, you never needed to have met them before, that you can go over and have a, an open conversation. Like um, well, we, we went through like a, you know, a briefing session about, you know, what, what the what the limitations are around that, what you should and shouldn't be yeah. doing and those kind of things. But um, for, at least at the moment, I've not, never had anyone come yeah. over and reach out on it. But the fact that we've been able to, to have that acknowledgement there yeah. um, is a positive that step. step. Yeah. Taking that step, it's like, it is hard to take that step and say, I'm going to go and speak to somebody. But it's hard to do anything. And I, I think the more you make those choices where you're pushing yourself, that's probably a good thing. Mm. Like, I get scared about doing stuff like... Um, I've joined the gym at the end of the road. I don't really like going to the gym, mm. but like I've I've lost like four stone over three years. You know, like I'm in a good shape compared to where I used to be. Why should I be afraid of going to the gym? Yeah. So I made that step and I've gone for the last week, even just in the mornings on treadmill and feel better. Mm. I've been doing Pilates since January. I and think for a guy who plays football, there aren't that many guys who do that. It's helped me improve my core, but I feel really relaxed. But then they had a class on at the gym, so I've been doing Pilates for six months. So I know what I'm doing. Mm. And I was shitting myself about going to this class. Yeah. I went in there yesterday. I was the youngest person there by a mile. Mm-hmm. It was all older ladies. They were lovely in Salford. And um, it was an old bloke. And I was talking to him for ages. And I just thought, what was I to be worried about? And at the end, the woman came up to me. and she, I did tell her I'd done it before. And she said, 
you were really good at Pilates. Yeah. And I was like completely blown away. And I was like, well, why wouldn't I be? I've been doing it for six months. Like, yeah, even yeah. if I was like, even if I knew a few things, he would have said that. So I think people think, oh, nothing good is going to come from mm. taking a step. But this brings me back to quotes. I love a quote. Uh, the fearful are caught as often as the bold. Okay. Because, you know, if you don't do anything, something mm. bad could happen. If you do something, something bad could happen. Yeah. Like, I think if you want to change something, if you're not happy with something, that's being honest with yourself, mm. then you have to do something different. Certainly. Otherwise, how is it going to change? And it could be anything, reaching out, go, clicking on a thing, going to a thing. Like, man be fat when I was in London, I wanted to lose weight and I wanted to play football because I hadn't played for years. Yeah. But found it, went along, didn't know anyone and living in London. And look at where it's led me to now. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when I spoke to you at the Manby Fat Festival and the amount of great people I met yeah. and people who work in addiction services, people who work in health and diabetes and, you know, networking and meeting these great people. If you don't put yourself in the situation... No, you're never going to change unless you actually try and reach out to somebody about these kind of things. Um, you know, you're talking here about trying to make positive yeah. changes, um, but it, it has to be down to you. No one's yeah. going to change you. You need to be able to to acknowledge that there's a need for changing yourself. I know, and I feel like I repeat myself quite a lot on this podcast, but I think only because I'm passionate about it. Mm. Like, I use my own experiences. I'm no better than anybody else, trust me. I've mm. made so many mistakes. I don't want other people to make them. Don't wait for someone to come along on, like, a night on a stallion. Mm. No one did for me. No. Like they, when it when it was you know really serious serious moment. Of course, because that's what happens. People mm. do rally around, and you've got these services. But like at those moments when I was just struggling in general life, you got to get yourself out of that, and it can be done. It, it come in in the littlest, the smallest way. But um, and I just think that you're giving back in your mm. community is great. And what's it like when you do an event with the MS Society or when you volunteer? Um. So. I've been to a few different organised events that have been yeah. run by MS Society people and um, it always, you always get the same feedback from someone who's younger that goes to these things. Yeah. They'll see people that are quite progressed down their their, uh, their road with a condition yeah. and they'll be wheelchair users yeah. um, or have mobility aids. And as a young person that goes in and, and sees that environment, everyone goes, oh God, is that going to be me in 15 years time? And that's why what I wanted to try and do was do something that was a little bit more pitched at younger people with, you know, everyone's in the same kind of boat. People are still going to work. People are still trying to get on with their lives. Not that there's not to say that the people that are unfortunately more affected by the condition don't need the support. But the support for people like me is is different to people like them. Um, If you like a good quote, I know, is it was it the Dalai Lama? Be the change you want to see in the world. Um, and this is what yeah. I'm trying to overcome with other people in the MS community yeah. is that people will say, well, there's no provision for people like us. Yeah. But if no one's going to step up and do something about it, then it'll never exist. Well, that's like this, what I'm doing, like, mm. reluctantly. Like, but as I stepped out of the fear and all this, oh, someone's going to say there's something bad or something. But as I stepped out of it, no. Like, mm. And people come along with you on this journey and that's what it is, isn't it? And I think mm. if we all do that in some way, in some little area of our life, it's compassion which is we're lacking in society. Yeah. You know, there's loads of things happening we might not agree with, but you know, you got you get a vote for that, don't you? Mm. But like on a base level, life will be better, and we'll stop blaming other people and other things if we we show a bit more compassion one to ourselves, mm. and we start caring to us on ourselves. 
to be honest, up and other people, you know. Yeah. And I just think like that's where we're at, and I think it strikes me that you're doing that, mm. like. Well, you have to. I mean, yeah. I say you can sit there and wallow around and get upset that yeah. nothing's happening, or you can yeah. go out and try and do something. And I've um, been, I've done that, yeah. And it is. I mean, I know it isn't easy. I know that everyone mm. has their own lives. I know that you know if you're trying to juggle a job, yeah. juggle a family, a relationship. Mm. You know, when are you going to find time to to go out and do some of these things? But ultimately, if you're not acknowledging yeah. it and you're just sitting there and and wallowing in self pity, yeah. then you're never going to have a change in your in your in your psyche you're building your, yeah building it into your routine like you know mm. if I looked at how I spent my time I'd come home from work I'd play on my computer I'd be on my phone watching telly for that's four about four or five hours yeah. now like you know three nights a week I'm doing something or you mm. know and it's like that could be you go to the gym for 45 minutes yeah you know you could play football for an hour mm. like you know just build it into your routine you could do an event you could do a session like and I'm trying to get uh, these peer support sessions going, which I'd love you to come along to, actually. Mm. I've, I've hopefully got a venue lined up in Burnage. Yeah. Uh, it's like a craft beer place, like, run by oh, young wow. people. I went and had a chat with the owner. She was great. And, uh, yeah, probably from September. And I've just do a few, like, men's only drop-ins to start with. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, obviously I do do events where men and women can come, but people can just drop in. And if they're worried about anything, physically, mentally, maybe they're in debt, maybe they're addicted to something, just come along and bounce off, get off your chest. Mm. I'll be there to facilitate and I'm trying to get other people who might have a background in counselling or people who are inspiring like yourself to pop in. You might do three or four of these sessions and then from there, mm. you create a network, don't you? Yeah. Like you could say two people might go, have something in common and go off and do something. Yeah. And, and that's all that it is because... You know, I do read these mental health um, on Twitter, especially. It's really great to follow. There's some really great people on there. Matt Haig being the best one. Mm. But um, people say uh, mental illness is not just depression and anxiety. But I know that. But that, we know that. But that's mm. just the like the main kind of thing that quite affects quite a lot of people. Like for example, with me, depression and anxiety are only like part of the umbrella of mm. ADD. Whereas yeah. you know, I didn't see it like that at the beginning. But you know, there's so so that that's why you've got what you said before. It's like sub subcultures. Mm. So MS is a big thing. It's probably the main thing for young people, isn't it? For the main like one of the main notable conditions. It's long up there, term, yeah. the percentage of, mm. you know, but like you said, you've got all the people with MS. But then you could make a small little pocket of people who are in this age bracket and in yeah. this demographic, and you can then accelerate the support level mm-hmm. that you provide. I think what you're doing is great. And 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 have you thought about doing a podcast? Yes, um, this is the litmus test to see how well this kind of works out. But um, yeah, I've, I have a little bit more of a yeah. uh, online tech savvy colleague who I volunteer with, yeah. and he he'd been floating the idea of a podcast. So um, there are some interesting podcasts out there yeah. that are run by people that are having an interesting perspective. Mm. There's one um, will be, mean nothing to anyone who doesn't have MS, but um, it's called Overcoming MS as a Diet. Yeah. Um, and it's it's fundamentally being a vegan but adding some fish into that situation yeah. as well um, I'm not convinced by it because I remember once a lady told me oh well I'm, I'm following this overcoming MS diet and it's really good and then I looked and she had two walking sticks I'm like obviously in my head going yeah. can't be that good uh, <laughs> I can't be as good as as cutting steak out of your life uh-huh. um, so yeah well it's great I think what you're doing is great and, and when we when we put this out in a few weeks I mean, we, you know, we'll share it and you mm. should tag it in with MS Society sure. because I hope that there's, a, there's definitely a crossover well, you know, yeah. that between mental health, you know, wellness or well-being, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And then hopefully 
that might inspire people and then be a precursor to a podcast that you might end up doing. It's something that gets a, yeah. a reasonable amount of attention. It's yeah. probably more towards the back of the list because obviously having a, a, a yeah. f- physical issues or um, or not being able to see or not being able yeah. to, to feel anything yeah. um, kind of takes precedent because that can be quite impacting. Mm. But I've just said that now, but you think about it, yeah. you know, mental health is way more important because ultimately if you're not feeling right, you're mm-hmm. not going to start thinking about trying to reduce your stress levels yeah. to make sure that you're not going to be having any any other problems. You're yeah. not going to be thinking about going out and exercising to improve your overall quality of life. Yeah, because stress can bring a relapse on for you. It's, a, right? it's quite a big trigger. Yeah. So how do you manage your stress then? Oh. I mean, that's putting you under the microscope. No, it's... Um, Exercise. I mean, Exercise is a good one, um, but I think it's more about routine. Yeah. Now, being able to hold a full-time job down, um, I know unless you've got a very sort of basic job where it is just sort of uh, very repeatable, yeah. um, that you may be able to manage your stress that way. Yeah. I know in, in my career, I absolutely don't have any consistency yeah. in it, and it would just completely change at the drop of a hat, and it can be quite stressful and yeah. challenging. Um, but ultimately, it puts food on the table. That's it, and, and I think we sometimes we become a slave to our jobs. But like, as if you're managing things, and and if you're being open and vocal about, you know, it's like you'd go into your work, you wouldn't not tell your employer that you're suffering from a long term physical condition. Well, if they can't, you know, you'd be very surprised. I speak to quite a lot of really? people that will will that, that that won't even tell their family that they have this problem, um, mm. let alone an employer. And I've had quite a few people say to me, um, you know, oh, what what's my stance? What should I say to my employer? And I and, and I said. From my perspective, tell them, but get it out in the open. Yeah. They can give you the support. But then I've also conversely spoke to some people who've worked for some quite well-known organisations. Yeah. Obviously, won't name them on the yeah. podcast. Um, where their support has been terrible. They've had managers that yeah. have just not even given the slightest amount of an ish, uh, of a of a thought about yeah. the condition that they have, which is the same yeah. as mine. And they've been they've been managed out of the business. I think this will chime with a lot of people. It is. Mm. It is a, I think we're still at that point in 2019, we're still at that point where it's, it's do you stick or twist with that? Mm. Um, I mean, if it's a, everyone knows what MS is, mm. I don't know, like... No, you'd be, you'd be really? quite surprised at how... Again, I, I, don't, I don't understand. How little understood it is. Yeah. Um, and it's not even, it's inconsistent. I know there's people that are the same age as me yeah. um, that were diagnosed at the same time as me. Wow. Um, and they, um, they... They need mobility aids, yeah. whereas I could probably beat you in a running race. Yeah, you've got long legs. No, I do have long legs. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty fast, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, no, it's great to see the transformation in you, like in terms of just weight loss. Like mm. you come in and you had the completely right attitude. I referred you, so I got five pounds for that, didn't I? Nice. Uh, <laughs> but then I'm not in the same league, so I don't seen you for a while. But it's mm. just great to to see that the guys are still together, they're still playing. Mm-hmm. And I've recently got a new team. I think it's just great. I'm meeting some top guys mm. and, and learning about people's story. And I just think it's a... Man v Fat is an absolutely brilliant example of peer support. Yeah. And that's it. Like, there's specific things out there. It's, you know, the touch of a button nowadays, mm. aren't they? And yeah. I think it's great. And you clearly pushed yourself. And I know you've done fundraising. Mm. So tell us about what you've recently done because I think that this was brilliant. Um, there is an annual event which is called the 10 in 10 and there are 10 peaks that are out in the Lake District wow. and you are supposed to summit all of those peaks within 10 hours um, I think that's more of a guideline yeah. figure um, we did it in 12 that's pretty much um, and it was a lot more challenging than I was expecting it to be 
because uh, they kind of downplay how difficult it is on all of the promotional activities. <laughs> um, and from having done previous yeah. walking-related fundraising challenges in the past, I was like, ah, it's fine. I'll do some training. It'll be okay. But I didn't really take into account that it was a lot more demanding this time. And I only gave myself about two months to train properly, yeah, yeah. to really focus on the training properly, as opposed to you know just playing football once or twice a week like I had been doing. Like that was what I thought but that would put me in good stead. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'm not as unfit as I yeah. was last time, so yeah. I probably don't need to do as much preparatory training. But yeah, we did that. Um, absolutely broke me. I've still got two black big toenails. Um, <laughs> But we did raise two thousand pounds to go to to MS Research, which was which was really quite good. I think that you you know, like you said, reluctantly, but you, you're a figurehead now. I think for young mm. people with MS, and and because you you've got the story, it's right here on on, mm-hmm. on the recorded. I think it's great. We put these people who, not necessarily looking for that exposure, put these people in front and center because they're good examples. Mm. And uh, but I don't want people to think that they're not good enough like but no. it, it can be done it can yeah. be done like you know I, I took pictures of myself when I was fat to this thing and people were like that's not you mm. and I, I didn't use as a one picture I just have just never used yeah. and it was at this point I was like yeah I'm going to use it because it was my worst picture Yeah. and I was like a blob and then uh, I was like look at me now and I, 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 remind yourself of your achievements I'm sure mm. you do that like be your own biggest cheerleader mm-hmm. I put it on Facebook the other day and I've got a blog coming yeah. that's kind of along those lines Um yeah love yourself in that don't it's not arrogant to say i've lost weight or i manage a long-term condition or i've raised two thousand pounds for charity it's not arrogant mm. it just you know because you're not that kind of person no although on a side note i loved your facebooks over the years like, let's say i didn't see you for about 10 years and i followed you on facebook when i was living abroad and i was having a rough time mm. every couple of days mike would post something about work and sandwiches Oh yeah, and and honestly, I was I was in such a rough time, and it would be like a little bit of light in my day. Mm-hmm. Um, you had some really weird sandwich combinations at work. Yeah, it was almost like um, the the organisation that I worked for. It's it's a really good place to work, um, and we have in house catering, which is actually really really well done. Looks good. Yeah, it is. Um, but there was a period for a point where there were sandwiches that were available to buy as a kind of grab and go, and. I don't know who was coming up with the ideas of what was going into these sandwiches, but they were absolutely <laughs> crazy. Um, where it'd be things like, so I'll just read off this list: ham, cheese, yeah. mayonnaise. Yeah. You're like, oh, mayonnaise is getting a bit weird, and then cranberry sauce, like, all in one, all in one sandwich, like that's yeah. And I, I saw a few of them. I'm thinking yeah. this is getting a bit crazy, and I think I took a picture of one yeah. and I posted it on social media. <laughs> And people were like, buy it, buy it, buy it. You should eat it and review it. And then I did. And then and then it kind of evolved into me buying and eating these sandwiches and reviewing them online, which was, which gave people a great source of fun. But then over a period of time, because I was putting it on social media, I'd have senior managers come up to me going, what's going to be on the sandwich bud today, Mike? And I'm like, shh, I'm supposed to be doing this in secret. <laughs> I don't want the catering staff to find out that I'm mocking the sandwiches. I, I just think it's great. I, I, it, it was a little bit of light in my day. Um, you know, anything like that's brilliant. And I know you, you're always good for a joke or a, a witty one-liner on, uh, on Facebook as well, so yeah. you're a good one to follow. But yeah, like you said, let's put this out there. Let's get it out there to mm. as many people as possible. And, and this is it. I've been doing this two years now. Started from nothing 
to get to podcasts. And I think podcasts are great because you have so much reach. Mm. Like, you know, you say people aren't mobile maybe in your, um, you know, people with MS. Yeah. So it's a great way to get that message out there and mm-hmm. they can hear your story, other yeah. people's story. And I'm sure a monthly thing where you have different people from different walks of life, different ages, ethnicities and how they've dealt with it. Yeah. And you can be more specific. And I think podcasts are a way that technology is changing the world for good, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot out there that I haven't listened to that aren't that good, but like the ones oh, yeah. I, I've listened to, pretty much everything I've listened to, and even audiobooks I'm really enjoying now. Mm, yeah, yeah, you've given me some recommendations. Yeah, did you get the Can't Hurt Me? It's that will that that is crazy, man. I'm planning on um I've got a road trip yeah. planned in a couple of weeks, so I think yeah. it'll be it'll be safe for that. Next time you do a ten peaks or something, <laughs> listen to David Goggins how he runs hundred miles on broken ankles. Like this guy's crazy. Like I'm not I'm not advocating this for anyone. This guy is crazy, but in like a, he just push himself mentally. And some mm. people just have like abilities, special abilities that yeah. you don't know where they come from. Often they might come from childhood trauma, they might come from but embrace that. Mm. Like if that's pushes you then then great look after yourself of course but yeah i'd advocate audio books all the way you know great way of doing it you can do it while you're driving you're going somewhere i think there's so much out there that's what i'm trying to say definitely yeah yeah so have you got any other events coming up or no um because I, what i don't want to do because ultimately yeah. if you're trying to fundraise yeah. you don't want to fatigue out your friends and loved ones yeah. in going oh i'm doing another thing now yeah um so what I've been trying to do is kind of limit these to quite big events. Yeah. So we did the, the 10 in 10 this yeah. year. Um, two years prior, we did the, the yeah. trek in the Sahara. Yes. Um, so I'll probably have another year off before I start thinking about anything big and then we'll see what's on the agenda at that point. We'll have you back in a year's time and uh, yeah. and reflect on it. Um, yeah, but uh, yes. So upcoming things, we've got drinks today, we've got a walk we've got other things I'll be seeing you on my stag do actually mm-hmm. Casa Casa talk about it mate um, <laughs> no, um, but yeah lots coming up and uh, if anyone's listening or likes what we do I don't know because I haven't looked at all the figures we're now on Anchor Podcasts it seems to be a really good medium to get podcasts out there and it connects to Spotify so That's I can cool. just do it through Alexa and say Alexa play talk about it mate podcast or search for it and it plays it through that so um it makes it making it even easier for for our tones to reach your ears. Mm. I think so. Um, you know, I feel really good. I feel like I've learned a lot about what you do and, and what you've been through. Is there anything you'd want to add at this stage, or you know, um, it's kind of something that's been in my head while yeah. we've been talking. Um, because I'm sure there's some people that will listen to this and mm. be like, well, you know, this is all great that you talk about all these weird yeah. and wonderful things, but um, they don't they're still trying to get the first foot off the ground yeah and i think it's just really important that you just need to kind of put yourself out there a little yeah. bit and i know that's really difficult yeah. you know if you have anxiety problems or yeah. you, you're not you're lacking in confidence but you'll find some if you if you put yeah. if you put the effort in and try and reach mm-hmm. out um just try and meet some people yeah. sure you might meet some you might not necessarily click with people right away exactly. but you're never going to know until you until you try yeah. Um, you know, meetups are a really good resource for that. I it know is. that was what your what you used to to kind of distribute the the meetups that you're arranging. To start but, out with, yeah. but not to not yeah. to detract from you, yeah. Mike. Um, there's 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 plenty of other groups out there so that many. will fit into um, fit into all kinds of different yeah. things where you'll you'll get to meet people that you you might have a better cl- yeah. opportunity to click with that you will be able to start having these conversations Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, we work a lot better as a group and we work a lot better working together 
Um, and I think it's just people just need to, to try and overcome some of the challenges that they have, put themselves out there and, and hopefully they'll be pleasantly surprised in that. Yeah. And it's em- meeting people with empathy, isn't it? And yeah. I think, uh, but in terms of if you think you need to speak to somebody like, and you want to speak to somebody or even send a message to somebody who has suffered from certain things or like depression, anxiety, you know, other things, send, send, talk about a mate a message. Mm. And like, if you're interested in meeting one-on-one, that's what I'm going to be starting to offer now as a trainee counsellor. And finding the counsellor, you have to kind of gel with the person anyway. But if you're worried about seeing somebody, you think, oh, they won't, they won't be able to understand it or they, will, they won't have gone through it themselves. Mm. Or I can assure you I have in many ways. Yeah. And, and So what I'm trying to say is people can give it back, can't they? And I think you're doing that with what you do. Mm. We do it here. And the more of those organisations that connect, the better. And mm. that's kind of how we're going to end it really as episode eight um which i can't believe eight you know like even doing a podcast someone suggested it to me i was like no 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 one wants to hear me probably still don't but you know what i do i get something from it and Mm -hmm. and i hope that the people you know who who from the ms community get in touch with me i'd love to hear some of your stories as well and maybe i'll come along and meet some people as well so uh episode eight because i'm rambling now was really fun and uh thank you for listening talk about it mate